Lord Jesus Christ mm -hmm. and uh, give him all of our cares and our wars, war, <laughs> our woes. So let's just open in prayer this morning. Mm -hmm. Heavenly Father, we do come to you. We want to give you our cares, our concerns. Lord, we just ask for you to cover all those that are here today with your love and your grace. Be with those who are sick and not able to come in today, Lord Jesus. Be with your word that it would just shine through, Father God. And I thank you for allowing us to be able to come to your house and join together. In your name we pray. Amen. Bless the Lord. Amen. Okay, um, before we go in, into music, I will update you on your pastor. He is still in the hospital. Uh, for some of you who don't know, you know, it was just maybe two weeks ago he stood up here because he's had that brace on his foot and said in a couple weeks he was going to be completely healed because they're doing artificial skin in his foot and that he'll be back in shoes and back to being able to work and do things, you know. Um, and he wanted everybody to pray for him. Well, <laughs> you know what happened. Um, we had a wonderful Valentine's Day Monday. And then Tuesday, because I come down here to work as secretary, he uh, woke up and he was sick. He was throwing up. I'm thinking, why are you throwing up again? He hasn't do done this for a little bit. And uh, I blamed it on the popcorn. He ate too much popcorn at the movie. <laughs> but he had got sick. And, and so Wednesday, every Wednesday, we go to the foot doctor. Every Wednesday, he gets the skin put on his foot and it wrapped and all this and that. And so he had a doctor's appointment. He said, I'm just, I'm just too tired to go. I don't feel good. And when I wrapped his foot Monday, I said, this, this, something's wrong down here. It's starting to get red again, and the hole's bigger than it was. He said, oh, and I said, it's leaking fluid. It hasn't done that. And he goes, no, they, they um, did a lot of syringe and water and that stuff in it, so it's just coming out that way. Just go ahead and wrap it like they told you to, and then I go in Wednesday. So I told him, you have to go to the doctor today. It's Wednesday. Well, I'm not allowed in there, so I sit in the parking lot. I've done this. It's, it's 22 months we've been going through this, close to two years. And so I sit in the parking lot and uh, reading that real good book I got. And he texts me. He said, they're taking me to the hospital. I'm like, what? How come? What's wrong? What's going on? You know? And it turned out he had major infection to the point of his foot by that morning was so swollen up and red and it was seeping out so bad that when they took the bandage off, the nurses almost fell over because the smell and the seepage was so bad. And, the doctor, and they, the doctor happened to be in the area. They called her and she said he submitted to the hospital. Now he's infected again. And we don't know if it's um, septic because he was septic last time. And septic normally is a death sentence. So, um, and last time he made it through. So he's telling me this, and I said, am I going to see you before they take you over? He goes, well, they're, they're finding out when a maintenance is now. Hang on. And then he said, okay, come to the front door and get me. I need to go home and pack and come back, and then they'll have the paperwork ready. So we did that. And this time, it, it, it was a pretty smooth ordeal. Uh, because he was in the hospital twice now with the foot, 
And because he's been so sick with the antibiotics, they finally found one that did work last time. And I made sure they had it on the chart so we don't go through the testing of all these antibiotics. Mm -hmm. So they put him immediately on those antibiotics again. And uh, it started working right away. Thursday, he had surgery. They had a, he has a hole in the bottom of his foot. Now they had to cut the top of his foot because the poison and infection was up there and they had to go through the foot and get rid of all of that. So he's got stitches on the top, the hole on the bottom. It, it's it's a, in the natural, a very big setback. In the natural, very big setback. But the doctor came in. Uh, he didn't even get to the surgery room Friday, I mean Thursday until 7, 7.30. Now, I'm going to tell you this story and try not to be upset with him. I'm in the hospital since 3 o'clock. We're waiting from 5 o'clock on for surgery. Mm -hmm. They told me he hasn't ate for 24 hours. He's starving. And the only way he's going to eat is if I go get him some food. I said, okay, I'll go down to the cafeteria and get his food then, because they don't keep that anymore, they said, up on the floor. You know, COVID, there's all these new rules that none of us know what they are. They change them all the time, so we don't know what they are. So I said, how long does the cafeteria stay open? Seven. Okay. So I told him, I said, let me run down to the cafeteria and get you some food. I go to the cafeteria. It's closed. They close at six. Mm. Go back up to the room. And they're getting ready to take him now. And I said to her, time he's in surgery, I'll run and get him some food. That way I can bring him ba back and see him after surgery. I get back. It's a few minutes after 8, and they said, visiting ours is over at 8. I'm not visiting. I've been here since 3 o'clock. <laughs> I went and did what you told me to do, get his food. He's been in surgery. Wasn't anything I could do then but sit here, and now he's out, and I can't see him because you guys are hour and a half late at surgery, and visiting ours is over? Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> and they're not kidding me. It was completely the truth. Could not see him. Could not get the food up to him. Nothing. Guards were there. I mean, we're talking, yeah. So I'm looking at this little security guard, and I said, how do I get the food up to him? Well, maybe they'll come down and get it. Good luck. <laughs> and I'm like, he hasn't ate for 24 hours. He's out of surgery. He's pretty hungry. And God brought this other little security guard lady in. She had brought her lunch in and sat down and had about two bites when she heard my story. Because by this time, I've talked to superiors. I've talked to head nurse. I've talked to everybody to try to get back in there saying, I didn't leave. <laughs> you know, I've still been here all this time. So anyway, <clears throat> the little security guard, I wish I remembered her name, said, give it to me. I'll take it up. And so she did and came back down. It took her five minutes, you know. And I said, did he... Did he get it? And she said, well, I'm not allowed to go into the room since I work here. I could just give it to the nurse. Okay. So I get home about 9.30. I call him. He was under heavy anesthetic, so he was still kind of loopy the first time I called him. The second time I called him, it's 10 o'clock. He goes, I'm so hungry. Where's my food? I said, you haven't ate yet? Now, this, the food has been up there for an hour and a half. No. I said, get the nurse. And he goes, okay. I said, I'm hanging on the phone till you get the nurse in the room. So he gets her in the room, and she says, oh, is that your food? 
okay, we'll go get it. <laughs> so it's cold by now, but he didn't care. He ate it all. It was 10 o'clock of the night. He got his food and ate it all. And then after that, he got some sleep. So it was a very trying Thursday night. And I put some things out on the prayer network for the ladies, you know. But um, the doctor came back Friday. I was there when the doctor came through. She said it, it was very successful. The drainage is working. The swelling is going down. But he's going to have to remain in the hospital. Um, they have to keep an eye on this swelling and the drainage and probably go home tomorrow. And the antibiotics are working, but they need to give him more IV antibiotics before he comes home on just tablet antibiotics. So that's where he's at now. And of course, in the natural, they said this is a big setback. And we just looked at each other because we had all these cool plans once he could get out of this medical boot. So this morning, <clears throat> long story, but this morning I said to the Lord, I know we, we take advice, medical advice. We need to take a medical advice. We need to do what we're, we're supposed to do. And I said, we have been. He has not wavered from what he was supposed to do. And, of course, the diabetes was flying off the charts, being at the hospital because they didn't have food for him correctly. He didn't get his shots correctly. So that just goes into another orbit, you know. And uh, I said to the Lord this morning, you're a God that healeth thee. Mm -hmm. We don't have to have this setback. We don't have to accept it. We can believe that you're going to heal him fully and completely everywhere. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he's your pastor. He needs to be well to do the job God's called him to do. Mm -hmm. and, I, and so I just, I just believe I, I, I'm not accepting what they're telling us. I believe God's going to handle this. I mean, this was the smoothest hospital visit we've had so far. Everything they said could have been wasn't. God had already handled it ahead of time. And once he was in the hospital, I, you know, I felt like they're more qualified than I am with all this going on. Um, but now that they're going to um, train me on the next part of what has to be done, and so he can come home. So keep, this week, Wednesday night, I had it do his Bible study on prayer, and I asked the people in the Bible study if you would pray for your church. You remember that, Dwayne? Uh-huh. Betty? Mm hmm So now I'm asking you, not just praying for the church, pray for your pastor. Right? Mm hmm Because um, he's dedicated his life here. He, he has really dedicated his life here. He is so proud to be here. I mean, proud in a good way in an honorable way, wherever we go somewhere, you know, he'll talk about General Shepherd and he'll talk about the church family and how we're family. And, you know, he has a love here. He really does. And for him to do as much as he's done here under bad health, he pushes because he loves everyone here so much. So keep your pastor in prayer. And you can keep this pastor in prayer because I told him, Ah, that's the problem with being co-pastor. When one's gone, it lands on the other. And he said, well, I know, because when you were down with your broken arm, it was all on me. And I go, oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. <laughs> We've took turns. Okay. <laughs> so, um, as you know, because he is a musical person, <laughs> you don't have that when he's gone. So, uh, everything's falling on Betty's shoulders. So, we are going to... Um, let Betty have the praise and worship and be led by the Holy Spirit and mm -hmm. 
Take it away, Betty. <laughs> I look for everybody to sing loudly. Preferably in tune, but sing. Because it does say, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Give me a J. Yeah. Give me an E. Yeah. Give me an S. Yeah. Give me a U. Yeah. And an S. Yeah. Who do we love? Jesus. Yeah. Hallelujah. strangely 
Thank you for the blood. Hallelujah. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your forgiveness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for your presence. Thank you that you walk with us, you talk with us, you lead us, you guide us. Hallelujah. Woo! It's running out, y'all. Woo! Glory. Hallelujah. Glory. Thank you, Lord. Nothing comes that you don't know about, Lord. Hallelujah. Nothing comes that you don't know about. And Pastor Gary tells us, remember, he's in here. Let him out. <laughs> Let him out. So we can bring, bring others in to this joy, to this peace, this comfort. Look how, look what, look what the Lord brings us through. We don't take time to look back and see what he really has done with us. Sometimes we need to look back at those things that we thought were mistakes, but God brings, God doesn't do bad. God doesn't do bad. If it's bad, you know it's not God. Bless the Lord. I don't mean to be preaching up here, but hey. <laughs> Pardon? I said, you go right ahead. Bless the Lord. Got to catch my breath, y'all. <laughs> Got to catch my breath. God, I forgot how to be. It's gone. I wanted to do Waymaker. <sighs> really? <laughs> it's just gone. Darkness, 
my God, that is who you are. 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 Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop working. You are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. <laughs> that is who you are. That is who you are. That is who you are. Praise God. Our Heavenly Father, he is the way maker in anything <laughs> and everything because that's who he is. Mm -hmm. Isn't that wonderful? Mm -hmm. We have a miracle working God. Mm -hmm. <sighs> you can be seated. <laughs> it's just so wonderful to know that we don't have to take on the problems and the cares, but that we can give it over to the Lord. And this morning, we have a few people that's physically ill that I like to pray for, but I'm going to do it a little different. I'm going to call a few people up, hand them the microphone, and ask them if they would pray for that certain person. So, Tanya, will you come up? Dwayne, would you come up? And Marguerite and Keith, will you come up? This is the assignment for prayer. Dwayne, you pray for Rachel and the family who's out sick and the kids. Tanya, if you would please pray for um, got it. Pray for your sister who's out sick with asthma, and um, your dad who fell today. And Keith Marguerite, you've known Gary longer than anybody in here. So will you pray for him? Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Been doing a work in that family's life, and that you will not stop until you've finished it. We trust in you, the living God, who is the name exalted above all names. You have won, you have won over sin and death, you have won over illness, and we 
lift up Rachel's family unto you now, Lord, and, and thank you for undergirding them, helping them through this. Uh, continue to work in their physical body. Let them not give way to fear. Let them not give way to anxiety. Let them do things in an order that will help them to recover. Let them do that which is right. Let them continue to praise you through this. Let them continue to create a better atmosphere within the household that, that there is not so much sickness. There is not, not so much that is, has been allowed to enter in. We put those things that are, that are working against them now in the name of Jesus. Even dry air in the house because of the winter season. Um, we, we pray for you to bring forth that atmosphere Hallelujah. that will take that away, Thank that you, will bring lubrication to their throats, to their sinuses, that they will be made whole from the top of their head to the heel of their, of their foot, that they will be made whole. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to start out with tongues. If you have your prayer language, pray with me. He can not send that yet. I got to send that a key and then yet I got to see. He can not get a send that I got to see the other got a send that I got to see. He can not send that yet. I got to see the other got a send that I got to see. He can not send that yet. I got to see the other got a send that I got to see. Holy Spirit, you are here in this place and you are. You are part of the Trinity, and we speak in your language. We speak it out because you know how to pray. You know how to intercede. There is problems in this church family that need help, and you are the helper. I pray right now for my sister Becky that she would know who you are, that you are almighty God, you are the Prince of Peace. You are the Comforter. You are the Waymaker, the Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper, Light in the Darkness. And I pray, Lord, that she would know you as I have known you intimately, that you are my husband. There is no one who can come against you. You are the perfect husband. And right now, in Jesus' name, I just pray that you would just make it right in her house, that there will not be problems with her heat, with her electricity, with her house in general. God, you are the taker care of her. You take care of her. And she is your child. She is your child, as I am too. And you are a provider. You are her provider. It's not a job. It's not a church family. You are the one who provides. Hallelujah. You are the one that protects. You are the one that is always there, and you have not left her, and you will not forsake her either, nor me, God. And God, I speak over my dad right now in the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus that there will not be anything broken in the name of Jesus. 
There will not be anything that's causing him pain in the name of Jesus Christ. And I speak that. I speak wholeness that he will have every single muscle be built up and strengthened and every bone will not break or get brittle in Jesus name I rebuke this dizziness I rebuke him falling in Jesus name he will have full capacity he will have divine health and right now I pray for our families God this is new this is new I pray for the dads. <laughs> I pray for Dwayne's dad that you would heal him, Lord, also. I pray for all of our dads, the ones who have been mean and strict. I pray for them to be able to be shown mercy. Right now, right now, there would be grace. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah right now and I'm speaking in faith God and you know it you you know it God whatever pastors not pastors fathers who have hurt their children I pray that there will be reconciliation that they will humble themselves and there will be healing because this is who you are. This is who you are. You have called us to be rec to reconcile. Right now, in Jesus' name, I pray for our mothers who have taken on other loads. And Lord, we just I just pray that that load be lifted off because your yoke is easy and your burden is light. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And we will find rest in you. Jesus, speak another tongue. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Our Heavenly Father, we, we come to you. We come to you, come to you Lord. We pray for Gary and, and Dola. And we pray for the whole church, Lord. Pray for everybody that's going through stuff. And, and we just bring them up to you, Lord. And, and we just want to praise you for who you are and we just need to come to you for all this in Jesus name amen and what while I got this in my hand I just the reason we're here I think I shared I shared with it the men groups we these two have been friends for years. And we just come up to visit one day, and the Holy Spirit told us, this is where we belong. We got a church in Rochelle where our kids are on the worship team. Our 
they go to Sunday school there, but the Holy Spirit told us we need to be here and watch this church take a hold and grow. And, and Gary and, and Dolo, all of us, we working hard at it. And we praise the Lord for that. And we praise the Lord for our health and our blessings. And without everybody, this wouldn't work. We just thank the Lord for that. That's why we're here, because we love you all. We love Dolo and Gary. And the Holy Spirit is why we're here. Thank you. And Father God, we thank and praise you that you know the end from the beginning. You are seated on the throne most high. We lift up our eyes to you, Lord, for the next step, for the plan and the purpose that you have for each one of us. And Lord, our brother Gary has been called to plow the hard ground because the forces of Satan are against those who seek to do your will whether they sit in the place of being a pastor or a teacher or whatever we are called to do, Lord, but especially those in leadership, Lord, we ask your covering on Pastor Dola and Pastor Gary. Amen. Lord, they've been through so much for so long, and yet you are the lifter of their heads. Mm -hmm. I meant to tell Dola this morning as we walked in, to look on her face and to see the beautiful, beautiful smile and the eyes, mm -hmm. even though she's been through so much, Lord, she still turns to you. She is here. She is partnering with her husband because of you, Lord. You have called them to this mm -hmm. place. And Lord, there is nothing more beautiful than to look upon the face of another believer and to see the glory of the Lord. Youth is beautiful according to the world, but to see the story of people's lives written on their faces, it's like the pages of scripture coming forth right into our very day. And my sweet husband was raised on a farm, hard work, dawn till dusk and beyond. His home didn't have pictures on the wall or books on a shelf or music being played. He just knew hard work. He remembers his grandfather using a horse to pull a plow. And I picture Gary and Dola doing that to plow the hard ground of hardened hearts, Lord. Soften our hearts. Help us to remember you are in control to get ourselves out of the way and to remember to seek the Holy Spirit for guidance on when to pray and how to pray and who to pray for 24-7, whether we are resting on our pillow or going through our day washing dishes, we practice the presence of God. Hallelujah. And so, Lord, I would ask you by your Holy Spirit to quicken us, to remember, to keep plowing the hard ground for each other and for ourselves yes. so that we can yes, remember the hope and the faith and the trust and the love that we have been called to. And like Miss Betty sweetly said, 
we have Christ within us, let's not cover that light under yes. a bushel, but to let it shine and warm the hearts mm -hmm. of a hard world. Sure. In Jesus' name we pray. Mm -hmm. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. We have some prayer warriors here, don't we? And you know, it takes all of us. It takes all of us to lift each other up. Thank you. Thank you very much so. What, what's on your heart there, Betty? I figured which key to get in. <laughs> no, three keys was running through my mind. <laughs> no, that's not something I know. <laughs> um, prayer and scripture runs through my mind. Okay. But um, I know musicians have music as their way to worship and it runs through their mind. And, and Gary at the hospital, you'll still hear him singing. You can go down the hallway, hear him singing in the room. They put him in a private room. <laughs> but we're grateful for that, you know. Um, it's a blessing. But he had his, um, his book that he ordered for the new men's Bible study starting in April. And he had that out and the Bible out and his papers out. And he's in his chair studying. And I said, have you thought about resting? No, no, this gives me time to get all this prepared for the men's Bible study. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so um, at this moment, we're going to take up our offering. And uh, for those who's on Facebook, we do have a way. Uh, do we have it set up yet? Or we're getting ready to set it up so they can do it online. But for now, you can send it in. Um, and we just praise the Lord that he always brings enough in. And there's so many small churches in this Rockford area that closes down because either COVID or one wrong thing happens and they're down. And I'm grateful. We have a beautiful church, beautiful building. And uh, God just keeps seeing fit to make sure that we have more than enough to take care of things. So as Miss Betty plays, we'll bring our offerings. Lord, we offer this up to you, Father God, for this is yours, Lord. You give us so much, and we give back so little. But, Father God, we want to be obedient to our giving to you. And we do pray over this, Lord, that it will be shaken down, shaken down and runneth over, Lord Jesus, for the work that you've called here at this church to do. Bless this, bless the ones who gave. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.
Amen. that together Jesus loves me Jesus loves me can we believe it yes okay let's try it again Jesus, Jesus loves, loves me just as I am okay let's try it again Jesus, Jesus loves, loves me just as I am yes that's really truly an amen because sometimes we're not all that lovable <laughs> And we've been talking about love, but before I get to that, just want to make sure you all have your bulletin. Look through it. Know what's going on. We had a men's breakfast Saturday. I understood it was a very good breakfast, and quite a few men came, so we're grateful. Thank you, Cecil, for handling this for years upon years. So your bulletin has everything in it. Just look at that. And so you'll know what your dates are and your times and where you need to be at. <laughs> and... This month has been focusing on love basically because, you know, it's February and February 14th and Pastor Gary last week talked about um, Valentine and how it all came about. He also talked about agape love, which is a, a covenant love that we do with Jesus Christ um, through communion. Uh, we have um, different types of love with our friends, our, our spouses, our family and how we need to love one another. And he was speaking on that last week. 
And I'm going to continue off of that. In 1 Corinthians 13, we're going to look at verse 3 through 7 specifically this morning. Okay, 1 Corinthians, the way of love, 3. <clears throat> if I speak in the tongues of men or angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. So you know what? Speaking in tongues is, we had a demonstration this morning. God brings that to us, which is the heavenly language. Um, and all of us here can understand when it's truly from God, which this morning truly was from God, or if somebody is only a clowning symbol and jumps up and starts making up words. Now, I have seen that happen. I uh, was pastoring, co-pastoring a church in Belvedere, oh, 24 years ago, called the Biker Church. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it was a biker church. And most of the guys were bikers that was there. And I had one guy that professed Christianity and said he spoke in tongues, but he did a chanting like a, an Indian of some sort, and you could tell that was not God's language. And I've always remembered that. It was like a clinging symbol. It was a horrible noise to the ears. It was not blessing anybody. He was faking it to make himself look better. Not love, says it right here, Corinthians 3, 13. Three, if I speak in tongues of men or angels but do not have love, I'm only resounding gong and clanging cymbal. You cannot have love if you're mocking God. Okay? So, next, I am only a resounding gong or clanging cymbal. Number two, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And we see that at times, unfortunately, in ministers who are wonderful speakers, very knowledgeable of the word, has strong faith, but they can be mean. And they could be lustful in the background and doing things that we have no idea about. And if you ever sit under one of them, you'll know it. <laughs> you know it's a clinging sound you know because if you don't have love you can't have God in you people profess Christianity all the time but as you say you look on people's faces as we know we listen to them we walk with them and we can understand if they have God's love you cannot have God's love if you don't have God first thing Number three, if I give all possessions, po possessions to the poor and give over my body to the hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. So many times you see people <clears throat> on TV boasting of all the nonprofits they have and all the things they have and what they've given away and what they've done. <laughs> that ain't love. That's selfishness. They're self-seeking. Number four, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. 
It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Six, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always preserves. Now, I still do quite a few different weddings. <clears throat> um, I had been a wedding minister for years. Um, I'm number three at Riverside Community Church where Gary and I had got married on weddings. So for 15 years, I got a lot of weddings under my belt that I've done, and I always tell them I will use 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, and I will talk about what true love is. And I will always say, if God is not the foundation of the marriage and his love is not in you, you will not be able to love in the way that you should to hold a marriage together. And I've never had a person tell me, don't do that yet. <laughs> so um, we know love is the greatest thing in the world. It is. And, it, and 1 Corinthians 12, 31 teaches us that love should be number one in our spiritual priority list. We should study love, pray about love, develop love, because loving and practicing love is a fruit. And when we talk about a fruit, that's an action. And Pastor Gary last week talked about love is an action. So when we understand people who are angry and murder and say, oh, yeah, but I'm a Christian. Mm, nope, the fruit just showed you're not. Because you cannot do those things and have truly God's love in you. You cannot practice one thing and confess one thing. It's going to show. It's going to show. So um, <clears throat> we learn in Galatians 5.22 that love is one of the nine fruits of the Spirit available to those whom God's Holy Spirit lives. God is love. So when we talk and walk his love and abide in him, we receive and we express and we show and we declare God's love. So that's how you see it on the face. That's how you know when people are going through horrible times and yet they can walk through it and not collapse or be in the mental hospital. It's because God is in them, God's love. And I've had many people say to me, well, you're just, you're just a strong woman. That's how you can do it. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> I am a woman like any other woman is. I have the emotions and the mindset and everything else. But I make it through hard times because I have God. That don't make me any stronger. I'm really weaker <laughs> because I'm leaning completely on God. God has to be my strength or I won't survive. I did not do rock house kids and make it through 20 years down on the streets because I was strong. I made it through because God told me that's where I was supposed to be. He gave me his love for all of it, you know. And, and then when it was time to retire, to move on, then that was given to the other executive director down there. We have to be in God's love. I'm sure fostering is not easy, but if God tells you to, you do it. You know, because I love kids, fostering was something I used to do too. It wasn't the kids that was the problem. It was the adults that surrounded the child that was the problem. <laughs> and that's who you really had to have love for. Kids were easy to love. 
those adults were something else. So we have to have God's love in us. So if we take a closer look at love, we're going to go back to four and five, okay? <clears throat> First of all, our society confesses love, but they got it confused with the other four-letter word called lust. There is so much out there with the word love on it. It has nothing to do with love. It has to do with lust. Unlike God, lust is not of him. Love is of him. So when we lust and have lust in our heart, that's not a godly trait. You have to have the true, pure love in the heart. So it says in 4, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant. Love is not easily provoked. Never irritated. Love does not fly off the handle. Love is not touchy. Real deep love is not something that you have to walk on eggshells around people. Okay? So when you're doing that stuff, that's not God's love. You know? Um, <clears throat> verse 5. It's not rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. You know, anger is an attitude, or it can't even be a spirit. Anger becomes habitual. You can get hysterical. You can get ballistic with anger. You can harden your heart with anger. That is not love. But it reminds me of this article I read one time in the paper. It said, wedding dress for sale, never worn. We'll trade for a 38 cobbler pistol. A revolver, pistol, a gun. <laughs> Tell me that she still had love in her heart. I think it went away when she got scorned and didn't get married. She's willing to trade that wedding dress unworn for a 38 caliber pistol. That's anger. That's anger inside. And if you don't get that anger and resentment out, you can't truly follow in God's love because it holds us back. Something else that can hold us back. Let me tell you this story. Um, <clears throat> it was a single lady, and she was pretty lonely and was pretty quiet in the house and so she had been told that pets can help uh, <clears throat> show love and, and, and bring more contentment to your home when you're by yourself. She, yeah, I had one, I, I know, yeah. Um, she studied about fish and cats and birds and snakes and, and etc and she decided she's going to go get a bird. So she went to the pet store and she said, I need a bird that will talk and listen. That's what I need, a bird that will talk and listen. She wanted something to communicate with. So the, the store owner says, oh, we've got a chatterbox of a bird right here. All the customer loves talking to this bird. So the bird had a great personality and had many words of vocabulary. 
and, but the bird was expensive. And she thought about it and she thought, okay, I'll buy this bird. This is exactly what I'm looking for. So she takes the bird home. After a week, the bird had not spoken a word. So the lady thought, well, I'm getting just a new home. Couple weeks, bird still hasn't spoken. So she goes back to the store owner and she says, listen, this bird hasn't talked to me. And the store owner said, when you bought the bird in the cage, did you buy a mirror? And she said, no. He goes, buy a mirror. Birds love mirrors. So she bought a mirror, took it back to home, put it in the cage. Another week goes by, bird has not spoken. She goes back to the store owner. The owner, owner says, did you buy a ladder? Birds love going up a ladder. So she bought a ladder, she went back home, she put it in the cage. Five, six weeks go by, the bird never said a word. She goes back to the store owner. She says, this bird has refused to talk. He said, try one more thing. Try a swing. Birds love to swing. So she buys a swing. She goes back home. She puts it in a cage. All of a sudden, this bird is looking pretty sick. I'm having trouble with pages today. The bird's looking pretty sick and kind of pale. And she looked and she has the mirror, she has a ladder, she has a swing. After seven weeks, the bird mumbles something and falls down to the bottom of the cage, dead. She was furious. She goes back to the store owner and she said, you sold me a dud of a bird. And he said, did the bird say anything when he was dying? She said, yeah, he mumbled something. He said, what was it? And she said, he said, don't they have bird food down there at that pet shop? <laughs> there are times we considered about doing, having issues and tending to them in the wrong way. We're trying to find love and yet we go about it in the wrong way. If she would have bought the bird food first before all the play toys, <laughs> the bird would have talked. <laughs> so what does real lo love require? It doesn't require a lot of gadgets. It requires listening sometimes. Sometimes it, it requires looking at actions. Sometimes it's finding solutions to someone's problems. We need to put others first and find different ways to show them about God. So we've heard the story about hurting people hurt people. Y'all heard that one before, hurting people hurt people. And there's times that people will hurt us because they're not understanding what we're saying. They're not listening to what we have to say. And <clears throat> they go on to hurt us. In the meantime, we look around at the world and we're searching for love, as they say, searching for love in all the wrong places. We're looking for lust, not love. 
there is no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Most of the things that we try to reach out for is we're doing it the wrong way like this owner of the bird was doing everything else besides feeding the bird. <clears throat> we go looking around for love. And y'all know Gary and my, what he calls a love story. He was telling the nurses in the hospital last night. So when I walked in, the nurse says, oh, I've heard your love story. <laughs> he calls it our love story. Because we met on a cruise and seven weeks later got married. And there's ladies who came to me and said, I've got to go on that cruise. <laughs> it wasn't a single cruise. It was a Christian cruise. He was singing, and I was there because I was promoting the Jimmy Jack Foundation and raising money. We were working it. <clears throat> but I've had more people tell me they're going on a cruise because they want to find love. What works for one doesn't work for another. <clears throat> some people find it online. It might work for some. It don't work for the other. Marguerite and Keith found it because their pastors introduced them. One from Freeport, one from here in Rockford introduced those two. And I have to tell you that I spent 28 years having people pray for me so that I would have the right husband. <clears throat> and I put God first because he is the best husband. Now that part people don't look at because women want to go on a cruise ship and find love. No, I spent 28 years <laughs> serving God fully to complete capacity he called me to go to saying it wasn't time yet and he'll let me know when the time is by those many years I had not thought any longer about getting married because in my head there was a time limit and I was way past the expired date <laughs> in my head so when Gary came along I did not look at him as a husband, I seen him as a Christian man that had a good voice. And so when he told me, God told him, I was a one, I said, God did not tell me that. And he said, did you ask him? No, <laughs> because I wasn't thinking that. I was at this point content with retirement, my house and my dog. So when I did say to the Lord, and he said, Gary was the one. Half of me wanted to say, I don't think so. But I made a list 15 years prior. The list was torn and tattered and tear-stained. And the list was what God said in my heart, he would bring me a man. And these are the characteristics. Not one thing about physical look on there. Not one thing. I mean, I enjoy <laughs> what I got. But that wasn't on there. And so I didn't remember where I put the list, and the Lord showed me where I put the list. I went back, looked at the list, and I just thought, oh, my word. 95.5% he got on everything. And that list was 15 years ago, so it was about having other kids. Well, <laughs> this age of life, that wasn't going to happen, so that ain't really his fault, you know. But that's what happens when God brings love to your life. Don't let it get mixed up with lust. So, and I say this all the time to single ladies, don't let them give you a con job because single men will. Say they're a Christian, say this. They'll say anything and everything. 
understand you have to walk with God and know that you know that you know. Marguerite and Keith got married in six weeks. I said to Marguerite, I made it seven weeks. <laughs> but I don't recommend it. <clears throat> Our pastors don't recommend it. I, as a pastor, wouldn't recommend it. But there's something to be said when you're older <laughs> and uh, you just go a little faster at things because if you know it's God and you've prayed all these years, you were single a lot of years, Marguerite, you know, and Keith. I mean, when you pray all these years, you don't have to go through all the ABCs of, do you like me? Do you not like me? God's already spoke to both of you. So that's just a little bit of personal event there. So if people are going out looking for love, <clears throat> I would tell you, you're not going to find love. By looking for it, you're going to find lust. Looking for love is being in the word of God, <laughs> being in the Bible. That's where you look for love. And when you're in the Bible doing what God tells you to do, ah, he walks in from Oklahoma, from Freeport, whatever, the perfect person for you. <clears throat> and everybody says, well, the first few years is hard, blah, blah, blah. Well, we haven't made it three yet. We're still on two years, and, and it's been hard with his physical stuff that was called an accident. It wasn't that he was sick when I married him or I wasn't sick. We've had accidents. Anybody can have that. It can happen at any point in time. But I'll tell you what, I wouldn't change it for the world because we're together at this. We're together at this. And that is true love. So when a person wants love, you cannot be self-seeking. And you cannot be demanding. And God will bring you his love because we search for him. Thinking of yourself and that you want to find love because you're lonely, you need somebody in your life, you need financial security, et cetera, et cetera. That is not what the Bible says. We cannot find godly love by self-seeking for things for ourselves. The Bible is very clear about anger. It's not supposed to be there. Bitterness isn't supposed to be there. Again, those are love killers completely. We can get lessons from the Bible in 1 Corinthians 13, 5, where it says, King James Version says, Doeth not behave itself unseemly, seek not her own, is not easily provoked, think no evil. Now, if you look at it at in the NIV, it says, It is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angry, it keeps no records or wrongs. New International says it's not rude, it does not demand its own. It is not irritable. And I looked at that and thought, love is not irritable. Huh. That's kind of true. If you are irritable constantly around somebody, it must not be true love because it says it's not irritable in the New Living Translation. So love is not easily provoked. It caused something to happen and be angry and violent. That is not love. 
Love is never irritating. If you're annoying somebody constantly, they annoy you, they push your buttons all the time, they bring you pain and anger, mm, not love. Three, love does not fly off the handle so quickly that you can't even express an opinion before they're on top of you, yelling and screaming. That is not love. Four, love is not easily angered. You ever been around somebody, you open your mouth, and all of a sudden they're madder than all get out, and you hadn't even got the word completely out of your mouth. That's not love. Love is not cranky or grouchy all the time. Love does not go into rage and get ticked off by you all the time when you're around that person. These are things that love is not. So when you come to me and you say, I want to get married. Oh, I love him. And you start describing to me, he angers you, he hits you, he belittles you, you have to walk on eggshells. Guess what this pastor is not going to do? Perform that wedding. Because it's not love. So we know love is not quickly provoked. So God's love. God's love is trust. God's love is an emotion, an action, and a choice. It's an attitude that we need to walk in all the time. So if any of these things I said is not love is happening, it's time to repent. <clears throat> it's time to get God's love in. You've got to have God first. But when you receive God's love and you walk in God's love, it will show on you. It will come out of your mouth. Your actions will show it. Other people want to be around you. It's not always about sexual love. It's about friendship love, love with children, love with family. There's so many types of ways that God's love expands the universe. So this morning, I want to say, choose godly love. Don't do what the world puts out there, but choose the kind of love that God has for us. And any single ladies who's waiting for the right man, wait with God first. <laughs> it's an easier way to do it. And those of you who might not have husbands that are Christians, but you love them, keep praying because God will get them saved. He loves you enough to love them and show what true love is. Bible does tell us that women can bring their unbelieving spouse to the Lord through love. And I've seen that happen just recently. I had a friend of about 20 years whose husband wasn't saved. And a good guy just didn't want any part of God or anything like that. And she went to church every Sunday, raised her children in church. And through her actions, last year, as she had done for 19 years, honey, you want to go to church with me today? And he was like, no, no, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. He said, yeah. She said she, <laughs> she wasn't sure she heard him. <laughs> she turned back around and said, what did you say? He said, yeah, I'll go get dressed. And from that day on, 
He's been in church every Sunday, reciting the Lord's Prayer, asking God to forgive him. And we went over, like we always do, to eat supper with him and stuff. And she never told me anything. <clears throat> and I'm looking at him, and he's praying. And I'm thinking, he's praying? You know, for the dinner? And all of a sudden, everything about him had changed. He used to kind of have to be rough. There was kindness. His face showed it. So I took her aside about halfway through, and I said, did he get saved? And she said, yes, 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 you know. And, and in the car going home, Gary said, that's what the Bible says. If you stay with your spouse, if you're supposed to, um, the Lord will bring him into the kingdom because you'll show him what Christian love is all about. And so when I seen that happen, I thought, wow, that is wonderful. So ladies, that can still happen. So let's stand to our feet and end in prayer this morning. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord, for your love. <laughs> Thank you for the love of the people that's here. Thank you that you love us, Lord, just as we are. So I pray for the wives who have unbelieving husbands that their love that you have for them will show through and those men will come to know you as their personal savior. I pray for single ladies that they will love you so much they don't even remember they're single and they turn around and you have someone for them if that's what they choose. And Lord, if they choose to remain single, I pray that their love continues to shine because of you inside them and all they do, men and women alike. And Lord, more than anything, whether single or married, you are first in our life. So we ask you to let our, your love inside us shine out to others. As we walk from this church to this morning, let us continue to love one another out in your world, Lord, and bring other people to your loving, wonderful arms. In your name we pray. Amen. Love one another as you leave.